0: Welcome to the State of Charge podcast, fun, weekly, inspirational podcast to help keep your spiritual batteries recharged. We are your hosts, John Mann and Matt Swartz, here for season five. <laughs>
1: nice. And with season five, we got some new music. I, I coming. like it.
0: I like it. So, you know, we have always a little banter before we start recording and you were introducing me to the music and it just started making me giggle. because yeah, it was like absolutely. It was like so different from the... From well, from anything we've done it, it this is. far, right?
1: It is. A little more conservative of approach. I thought that as we did this one, you know, hey, maybe this one has a little bit more of a pep to it to like get us,
0: <laughs> get us charged. Because that, people that know me would say, that's what Matt needs. It's more pep. He needs more pep. He's so docile, so
1: so goodness. So let's let's you know that's just going to be our our little jingle here for the season. Good. We'll see how it we, goes and see if not, we man. see if we like it and for season it. five, season five. Now you can't do that. I know, I know. I know. That, that, that's
0: that's <laughs> it was just for today.
1: Oh, that's great! But I'm super excited about this season. I we came out of season four and we had some amazing interviews. Yes, we did. And uh, I got—I got to just
0: say though—I'm I'm a little—I'm a little lonely in here with just the two of us. We—we've—we've we've had other people in here, so it's uh yeah. I'm not lonely. I'm but just this kidding. is
1: like coming back to like the it, it essence
0: is. of it is. of the podcast and I'm, and and I'm very excited and about it. And that having
1: our there. conversation, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun today. So. Uh, this season we briefly touched base on it last time we recorded and it is going to all be Bible characters and some of the things that we can learn from them on some strategies that we've seen in their lives. And as it's recorded in scriptures on how they kept their spiritual batteries charged or maybe even not charged charged, and we can learn, learn from that as well. So you want to do our, uh, the intro and who our character is today. So t- t-
0: today was low hanging fruit. Yeah. So let, let's let's be honest about that. Like, uh, sure. Just okay. Let me let me let me take a step back one second. A lot of people may not realize, but so even in our interviews, we don't script. Right. Right. So for us, it was literally we thought of people and we, we jump in kind of engaged. Mm-hmm. Of we're just having a conversation. Yeah. So this this season, though, requires a little bit more work on our part it because does. we kind of got to come in. Prepared. You know, so you know, prepared, semi-prepared, you know, at, least. semi-prepared at least with a, a thought or two. You know, the so so just a little bit more work. But when I say low-hanging fruit, so our today's character is David. Yes. Uh And again, one of my one of my favorites, and the reason why David is one of my favorites is because we just have such a volume of information on him to see where he was strong and definitely see where he was weak. So I feel mm-hmm. like at least for us, kind of having to jump back into where we have to prepare a little bit more for, for each episode. This, this is, is a good this breaking is a, This point. is a good good break, one to start out in. with.
1: Yeah, but I actually was a little overwhelmed. I mean, I started learning That's some things. I'm um, like, you know, for me, at least, I always just think of Psalm, you know, right. he writes those. But no, there's like books and books and books written. Yeah on David and I'm like, "Oh, where do I even start on this one?" So, interesting
0: though, like uh out of the 150 psalms that we have, we know for sure he wrote 73 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the New Testament, he's given credit for two more. So, let's say 75 for kicks and giggles. Like so, you think about this guy though, who in one side is, you know, kills a kills a giant, you know, yeah. kills a lion, you know, like so they got this rough rugged guy and yet he's credited with half of the book of Psalms. Yeah. Right. So there's this, I feel like this disconnect for some of us in modern mm. day world where, you know, we think of people that are a rough, rugged warrior is mm-hmm. not having this artistic side. And yet I think that's one of the things that's interesting for me about him is he had no problem being the fullest version of who he was, yeah. even if in yeah. our current social context, we'd struggle to see that well-roundedness you know and he he didn't
1: have any fear of um of of who he was and a lot of things like when you think of right before um Goliath when uh this King Saul was getting gonna give him all of his armor and he's like no I don't I don't need it yeah so like you have this one this warrior but yet he also doesn't doesn't put his trust and faith in, in a lot of things too he just his own strength that the that the Lord has given
0: to him and his faith is is pretty interesting. So this is uh, a, a question I've been brewing on. Yeah. So and, and, and it, it's not just about this series, but just um, in a lot of ways, I feel like biblical characters sometimes feel like untouchable, right? Like hmm. we, we just see the, unattainable, from, you know, unattainable, just their greatness, that movie star aspect, kind of right, right. And and, and yet uh, for me, again, going back to this idea. David is fully exposed for not only his, his highest heights, right, of, of what he accomplished and this, you know, called a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. We, we get this full version of him that struggles just like all the rest of us struggle. And left unattended, it would lead to a place that none of us, you know, that, that look at a person that's called a man after God's own heart would think that that person would ever wind up at. Yeah. And and so I, th- I think for me there's there's a, a great there's a great study here in David's life of um why the why we're doing this podcast is my point, right? Hmm. Is is if we're not tending the state of charge, don't be surprised where we end up. Hmm. Like if, if we're not thinking about how we're trying to keep ourselves spiritually recharged we might end up in places that were like, I never thought I would be here. Mm, it's just exactly. kind of the, the for me, the, like the up the ante of like yeah. why, you know, and then again, selfishly, why I think I keep showing up for us to do this because it's, it's poking something in me. So if it's just you and I getting the benefit, I'm okay with that because it, it, it's poking me of, don't be surprised where I'll end up if I'm not keeping a concern focused on what, what am I doing to care for my own soul's hmm. health? You know, one of the things that was really interesting to me is,
1: you know, David was born in Bethlehem, right? You know, and that's where Christ was born, and and Christ was in the line and lineage of David through uh, his earthly father Joseph. And what's really been always kind of a fun thing for me in the back of my mind is. You know, if you do a study on David, like you said, there are a lot of highs and there are a lot of lows, mm-hmm. and and sometimes his life is just a roller coaster of events. And um, yet, yeah, in spite of who David is, I think it's really cool that that God chose to reveal Himself in the line of through the line of David to fulfill prof, um, prophecy. Um, but also, you know, hey, if it kind of gives you and I hope, I think, you mm-hmm. know. Yes, he was a king over Israel, and yes, there was some majestic things about him, but I think at the end of the day, um, he's kind of just an ordinary guy that goes through the same ordinary struggles that we all do, just at a different point in in time. You know, he struggled with lust, he struggled with jealousy, he struggled with being a good father, you know, he struggled with his leadership, and yet God still chose to
0: have Christ be born through his line, you know? So... Uh, of, of those, right, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick on them a little bit in, in Psalm 5 because one of the things that uh, this psalm has always carried a lot of personal um, meaning to me. Mm-hmm. There's a song in, uh, years ago, there was a guy by the name of Keith Green. Uh, and yeah. I just dated myself by that for, for some of you. If you're below the my age mom, of 30. My
1: mom likes likes him now. Man.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Died tragically, but anyways. I, I, anytime I read Psalm five, I just think of this song that Keith Green wrote, you know, ba- based on this. But here's here's this here's a psalm, and I, I'm sharing this for a very specific reason. Listen to mm. my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For you do I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I love this phrase, and I wait expectantly. Mm. Um. What does it what does it look like for for me if if I want to learn something from David to have, you know again I'm I'm a big proponent of capturing our first thoughts mm-hmm. and as someone that struggles with anxiety you know here's here's this statement of David that no in the morning I'm gonna I'm gonna capture those thoughts I'm gonna lay my request before you but I love that part of it of, of wait expectantly and here's my question is what would it look like if I really believed that anytime I pre- present requests to God, that I'm actually going to wait expectantly. expectantly for it. So you know, for, and this is a big deal for, right now for my wife and I. We're, we're trying to buy a house mm-hmm. in an Arizona market that that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know where all of our audience is listening from, but in the state of Arizona, specifically in real estate, um, there's this mass exodus from places like California to Arizona because they can sell their house in California and basically almost put down cash for a house here. Yeah. So for those of us that live here, if, if we, for whatever reason, had stepped into renting for a season and are now trying to get back into a house, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, as, as I've been thinking through this week of, you know, we're, we're a couple weeks into this thing now, and we've done like offers, 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 mm-hmm. and we're just being outbid, right? What, what can I learn from David about mm. how he approaches his relationship with God? And, and, and this idea is that he doesn't just bring his request to God. That's it's almost like a passive thing. Like, okay, God, mm, here's my request. But he's got this active role of like, and I'm kind of like putting my hands together. Like I'm excited to see how you're going to answer. Mm. And I've had to take that mentality in this process of God. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to start thanking you in advance because you're going to do something because mm-hmm. it's impossible. In my mind, like we, you know, we're not going to just throw numbers out there because we're pre-qualified for it because you got to, you know, it has to appraise. And this idea of like, God, I'm waiting expectantly for what you're going to do. Hmm. That's really neat. That, uh, I
1: would, I would imagine that with some things that you could be super anxious for,
0: Oh my goodness. That, that
1: is just easing a lot of that tension of, you know, what in the world is going to happen and you're just kind of laying at the feet of the, the Lord, saying, "All right, I'm just I'm going to wait expectantly." So for speaking this. of
0: anxiety, so uh, nothing says stress, you know, ease my soul like a box of Girl Scout <laughs> Thin Mint cookies, right? So <laughs> so just just understand, we 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 bought these Girl Scout cookies in an expectation uh, for when we get into our new house, like, and mm-hmm. so every time I stare at them and I'm like, "Oh, but you'd be so good for stress right now." Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're waiting to celebrate with them. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, you know, as I was kind of
1: going through and looking at uh, some scripture here, you know, you had mentioned where where David's called um, after God's own heart. And you find that in Acts 13. And it says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testing uh, testified according him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to do. And what's interesting about that for me is, is that was God saying that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a cool thing to have God say about you, right? Yeah, for sure. Is, is that, you know, that you're, you're a man, um, after my own heart. But then I got to thinking after, or I, be, I began thinking about the word after, you know, and I guess if you kind of look at semantics, if you're after somebody, you could be behind them. They come first and you come second. But I also think that in this case, for me, um, the word after is in pursuit of. Mm. And I don't think that ever clicked with me. I think before when I've heard man after God, its own heart is just, oh, he's a godly man. You know, his mm-hmm. heart was, um, you know, seeking the, seeking the things of the Lord and stuff like that. But for me, when I was going through this, there is, um, there is a pursuit Mm. in David's heart for God and the things of God. And I really began to kind of ponder that a little bit and I think I think maybe there's a little bit there is like you know I think if especially if we grew up in the church like you and I <laughs> we have a, ten- a tendency to know what's right and what's wrong and you know we lean on grace and we lean on forgiveness and I think sometimes we you know I think we overuse those phrases and terms in our own life where I think David actually he did do some pretty rotten things, and we can talk about those here in a minute, but he was always pursuing the Lord, and what he when he recognized moments in his life that he did things wrong, I think he he wasn't remorseful and he wasn't regretful. he was repentant, mm. And I think that it, I think in those moments you really begin to see the true yeah. heart of who he was by the level of his repentance towards the things that he had he had done. Um and I think for me it was just a little different of a revelation or an understanding of, yeah, David's a man after God's own heart. John, are you a, a man after God's own heart? And the thing the differentiator for me is, well, how much am I pursuing? Mm.
0: Versus how much was David pursuing? So I, I think there's a. I was having a conversation with somebody last week, and uh, I was talking about one of the difficulty in relationships is we historically tend to base how great a relationship is by the highlights, right? How good things are. Hmm. And I made a comment to them of like, actually, you don't actually learn anything about a relationship until you see how conflict is managed, hmm. right? If if you can have all these great moments in this great relationship, but if Uh, conflict arises and you can't resolve it that actually tells you more about the relationship than the the great highlight moments right and and to your point of what you're saying there it's we can learn a lot about like like let's say like a david Mm -hmm. from from his highlight moments but to your point of what you just were talking about we learn more from him in essence Mm -hmm. from from his low moments because it, it actually allows us to see the true strength of character. So he's being pursued by Saul, right? Mm-hmm. David has been clearly you know, chosen by the prophet Samuel to be mm-hmm. the next king because Saul had no heart for God. Right. Saul's not good with this and is going to find every way to destroy David because he wants his son Jonathan to, to be the next king, which, by the way, Jonathan and David are best friends, and Jonathan's okay with the fact that mm-hmm. God has said, like, hey, your dad's out and yeah. your best friend's in. And yet this guy is still best friends with David. Okay, that's mind-blowing there. Mm. But this, you know, so David's being pursued by Saul or David commits adultery and commits murder. And mm-hmm. in those moments, we get to see the the full strength of character because we've got, you know, all these Psalms written from him of my enemies pursue me, but yet I put my hope in the Lord. And, uh, you know, I'm going to look in a moment at Psalm 51 after the prophet Nathan confronts David yeah. and, and, uh, about his sin. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, this idea of, because his his heart was about repentance, hmm. this is why we get the fullest picture of who David is. I mean, if you want to understand about your spiritual batteries, mm-hmm. um, we have to move beyond faking it to to authentic with authenticity and vulnerability, uh, understanding I, I I can't fake it with God hmm. yeah, There's right Don't no fake it till you make it no there I, you know I, I think we'll use that sometimes as a platitude of faith of like, I'm just having a hard time trusting God, man. Just, just trust someone. You know, if I get to you, make it. And it's like, well, that's not what we. The picture that we get from David, it's not fake to make it. It's like just be raw, honest, vulnerable about where you're at. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to say like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. But the, this is who you are. And to separate our feelings from the character of God, that's a great picture we
1: get from David. Hmm. You know, one of the things that kind of helped me in that thought process in in. David's pursuit of God. So there's there's a who's who list in the Bible. Yep,
0: Hebrews, Hebrews. chapter
1: eleven. You know, and and if you ever want to know who's like up there, <laughs> who made who the, list? the list?
0: Who made the Go list?
1: go and read Hebrews chapter eleven. There's not a whole lot mentioned on David there, but that's because the writer says I don't have enough time to go right. into all the details. But right. here's here's a couple other people, and and David was one of those. But there was an interesting verse right there in the middle of it. It's uh, Hebrews eleven six, and it's basically talking about f- faith in action. You mm-hmm. really see the faith of these people played out. And and this is kind of where I've got that whole thing of the pursuit of God and, and, and David being after the things that the Lord wants him to be after. And it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who... Who earnestly seek him? One of my
0: favorite verses, man.
1: You know, and so that was that's just a testimony there that well the reason why God would or David had a, a heart for God is because he earnestly
0: sought God. One of the things I'm trying to to learn from David is so I get it when I seek God when I'm I'm in desperate need. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. That I'm, makes that makes sense, right? Right, it makes yeah, sense, sure. right? I'm trying to figure out how to continue to cultivate a heart that seeks God when things are going great. Hmm. That's, that's the discipline, right? There's a lot
1: of irony with that, isn't there?
0: No, there is. But the, the, but the point is, is that, so what's, what's the best time to prepare for a hurricane? Right before, right before a hurricane, right? (laughs) So that's that's the, that's a great time to to be prepared for a hurricane. Uh, Storms are coming to my life. What's the best time to prepare for it before the storm? If, if I can continue to get that mentality, I, I, I don't think I fully, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to, dem- I know God's used my life. I'm grateful for that. I think I had to figure out how to actually enjoy the, the true abundant life. It wasn't until my later 30s that something in me began to wake up and say, like, man, God, you're using my life to impact mm. people. That's great. Mm. But I want to experience a higher quality life than what I'm currently experiencing. And and if and if we're gonna do that right, that that has to come from this, you know. I'm, I'm you're, you're 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 to your point. It's this idea of pursuit, right? Like it mm-hmm. can't be passive pursuit of God. It's got to be this active, like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in. But it can't be just pursuit in the midst of a storm. It's got to be this thing that I make this constant, this process I use day in and day out. That that is just this constancy that allows me to know. And I think that's what we see from David. I know God who you are because I've spent enough time with you outside of the storm to realize who you are in the storm. But I think to your point
1: too is the pursuit is happening regardless of the circumstances in life. So while yeah. while life may be inconsistent, maybe rocky, maybe up, maybe maybe down, left or right, the pursuit is consistent. And right? right. I think that that's right. you know that's I know I know for me. Um. You know, the more, most of my spiritual growth has been in harder times in life. Mm. You know, like, to your point, Well, why why is it that when everything's going smooth, we begin to slowly rely on ourselves again and our own abilities and our own um, capabilities of of making things happen? Um, It just seems, you know, in those moments, that's when we should really be praising the Lord. Well, exactly. And and preparing for maybe the next storm,
0: right? So, again, so... I acknowledge I'm a geek and my wife and I are geeks. So I'm gonna make that statement at, at the beginning. So <laughs> for Labor Day yesterday we, we had an appointment on our calendar to we do this thing every fall where we begin calendaring out our, our year. Huh. And and it's it's this it's to be honest, it's a survival tool because Um, when you put stuff down on paper and you're looking months out and you can see the patterns and rhythms, you can begin to go like, Oh, we, we need to modify this and adjust this a little bit. So Mm. this isn't for everybody. Again, a lot of this is because my, my work includes travel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking at this calendar yesterday as, as you know, and, and we got through August and, and, and I'm realizing like in January and February and March, I've got three months that each have two week trips. The, the way it just worked out, they're they're each two week trips, mm-hmm. and and I began to look at that, and it's like um, I learned something this past year, is that while I love travel, like I don't I don't know how to take the same practices I do at home in the morning, and place them on my travel schedule. Like I, I've not fully learned that yet. And so what happens is right is that you know i've I've got this great rhythm and routine prior to travel mm-hmm. I get on my trip, and it's not that those routines don't happen they don't just happen with the same intentionality and I come back from that trip not just physically exhausted but mm-hmm. like spiritually exhausted because i I didn't put into practice the rhythms and routines that help me to to be able to have that constancy. Hmm. This is a challenge for me from David's life, is that he understands when there's a rhythm and routine because when he steps out of rhythm and routine is when he ends up committing adultery and, and then and then in murder. Hmm. Like this is a so this is like the principle I'm trying to learn from from David's life because it talks about it, it was a time of year when kings go out to war. Yeah. And it says and David didn't. Yeah. So he he went out of that routine. So he went out of that routine, right? And so for me, that that's that that thing I'm, I'm trying to realize. When I step out of that routine, it's not that I miss one day and I go out and commit adultery. That's not the principle. The principle mm-hmm. is is that this routine I have for trying to keep a better health condition of my soul. Mm-hmm. It's 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 based on this constancy over time of what I'm investing into that. And when I step out of it. That's when I begin to do stupid hmm. and and so' I'm, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, wow I, so I've got basically three months back to back two weeks of those months I will be gone hmm. like I have to start planning now for what am I gonna do to try to build into that constancy so that that hmm. doesn't that doesn't change hmm. and that's a new concept for me of, of just realizing like it, it, it's it's highly improbable that travel is gonna leave my life right. So if that's the case that I'm going to keep traveling, then then what do I do to bring those rhythms and routines into it, so that you know I'm not stepping out of that rhythm and routine and finding myself doing stupid? Yeah, I, I think that the opposite could apply to this as well.
1: I think there are stupid things that we put into routine. Oh yeah, that really cause us to be disconnected and yeah, and deplete ourselves spiritually. That's so good. I, I think that there's you know, there's a healthy balance of of maintaining, you know, a godly pursuit in the routines that we do. Yeah. Because I think that I know that for me and, and as I look back over my life and there there are times when if, if I'm gonna do this stupid thing then there's a good chance that the next stupid thing is gonna follow right after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so knowing where those are as well and kinda of keeping keeping those checks and balances in place I think is is very important. Because we we actually saw that though with with David, once once there was this snowball effect that started, like he couldn't get out from underneath it until well, Nathan. Until came Nathan, in. right? And,
0: it's, and so in Psalm fifty one, we've got this response. You know, Nathan just confronts him, by the way, publicly. Like, wow, ouch. You're like, well, hey. I was going to say,
1: I think we all need some Nathans in our life.
0: One hundred fifty percent, I agree. With if that. we
1: don't have a Nathan in our life, you know, we need to probably be looking at, you know. Who are the friends that you have that can come to you and say, Matt, John, yeah. you guys are being boneheads here, yep. and here's what I'm seeing. We, so, we all need to have Nathans.
0: We have to cultivate that, though, John. That, that, doesn't, that, just that, happen. that, that doesn't just happen. Yeah. This is just magic like, oh! I, no. I mean, that'd be great if that's what happened, but we, we have to create access. I, I've got a, a buddy of mine, and he's going to write a book called Getting Naked. Had, <laughs> the idea of it is how do we begin to Demonstrate vulnerability to the right people, hmm. so that in times that we need it, yeah, they've got the ability to come back and say, "You've given me access and permission." To you, it's and, not being and, vulnerable to the people that you know are going to give you the answer you want. One hundred percent. That's, that's oh, where okay. that, That's that's the ouch of it. Like you know, it, it, it's it's my raving fan group, and it's like I need a dissenter. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm so fifty-one. Here's David's response: Have mercy on me, O God, according to unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from sin. This is the statement that hits me. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So are you right in your verdict and justified when you judge? But here's verse 7. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible, created me a pure heart, God, renew a steadfast spirit in me. Mm-hmm. David's response is, I own it. Mm-hmm. So God, you got to create something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for any one of us, uh, in moments of our greatest failures, and, and, and so for me, my greatest failures has been definitely in the area of, of consumer debt and, 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 and finances, And it wasn't until I got to the point which which actually became a public thing for me where it's like Hmm. we need to bring in another couple, Hmm. basically hand over our books, our finances, and say, What do we do? What do we do? That that the power of that moment, people's like, Wow, that must have you must have felt so ashamed. I'm like, no, I finally broke out of shame and decided Hmm. to let conviction and 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 just you know humility reign. Hmm. It wasn't shame that you know, I handed over with my wife books to somebody. Mm. It was actually moving out of shame and saying, we're not going to get out of this without somebody else speaking into our lives and that's david's David's approach here is like god i'm I'm not going to get out of this unless I hand it over to somebody else that's going to walk with me. One of the things that really struck me when when I was reading
1: psalm fifty one was and that kind of goes back to that statement on repentance earlier is. I think a lot of times when, when we have sin in our lives, we think about the, um, what, what's happening, how this is of impacting me or how this is impacting others. What's really, really important here is he realized that, that was against God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I think there are some things that happen, you know, there were some things, consequences that happened to him, but it was a realization that no to you and to you alone. Yeah. Were these things committed, and that—that's a huge mindset change in uh,
0: in repentance. I think. So, the whole theme of, of this podcast is about keeping spiritual batteries recharged. Um, you know i I don't think David. Uh, uh, there was a season of journaling for me where I was writing for the people that would publish my works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which is never a good way to journal, All right? I don't ever get the impression from David that he was writing this, thinking in terms of the the publication of his yeah. works, right? Yeah, I, I think this is for him and God only. This is this is for him and God. We we just happen to have, uh, you know, somebody stole VIP access, you know, into this, and and so my my question today, for for me that I want to throw out to whoever's listening in our audience is um, if you really want to understand what it is to become more vulnerable with, with God and and the impact that can have on how you stay spiritually charged. um, It might be worth identifying which Psalms are, are attributed to David and, and really just going through those and allowing yourself to get access to, to how he journaled, and, and how he communicated with God about what what was on his soul. Yeah. And that's super easy to do. Basically, you just type in what Psalms were written by, by King David. David in the Bible. And, yeah. <clears throat> and the Googles do all the work for that's you. right. But it's just that might be a good application for people just to realize that um, if you begin reading through some of those, it might hmm. change, you know, just transform your thinking yeah. about what vulnerability with God actually looks like. You know, there's two things that come to my mind,
1: and these are both ideas from our previous some some previous episodes. One is we've said I think a couple of times is we are the average of the t- of the five people that we hang around, yep. right? And yep. then the other one was Michelle Tessendorf where she said, "Yeah, I just lock myself in and I spend time with my best friends." Yeah. You know, authors yeah, of books. Yeah. And I think that this kind of falls into that if um if we're the average of the five people that we hang out with and we're hanging out with the thoughts of David who is pursuing Christ? Oh God, um, you know what kind of impact is that going to be on our on our lives? Mm. And uh, you know, David, the Psalms of David, the story of David, um, the ups and downs of David, we can all identify with it. And you know, David could become a good a good friend.
0: That's I, I like that. You know, I wouldn't mind having David as a friend. So, well, we can we can learn from him in in scripture. Absolutely. Um, our, our learning starts, though, with a heart of humility that says, mm. I, I've, I've got room to grow. Mm. So maybe the, the best challenge I would throw out to somebody today is, I, I get it that we live in a world that we have to present our, our highlight reel, you know, social media version of who we are. <laughs> out the window. Um, so let me just help all of us. We all know that the highlight reel on social media is not the whole picture. We, we all know that. Um, hmm. I'm not saying that we have to just make ourselves vulnerable and exposed to every person on the planet because we also know those people on social media and that's annoying yeah the, the fact is though that when you talk about the average of the five people John um, choose those people carefully hmm. make one of them a Nathan right well yeah but that's what but I'm saying but that's what I'm saying choose those people carefully yeah so uh, there's there's a there's a, a book I just finished called peak and it's this idea of how do we break the myth of I could never be great at this because this person just had natural talent, mm-hmm. or you know, they were like a child prodigy. And it's like, actually the research says that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So these people just had different systems that they did deliberate practice to get where they are. Yeah. So that's for free. You know, I just saved you reading a long book. But, but here's the point I want to get at is the the, the principle of who they chose in each season of their life, that was going to add value into their life. That, that's the principle of where I realized that the greatness of David was never about the greatness of David alone. Hmm. It, it's the people he surrounded himself with. So you, yeah. you want to talk about great people? So he has his mighty warriors. Like, do a study on that hmm. with David. I mean, to your point, like, if you're going to surround yourself, he had, like, hand-selected <laughs> these mighty warriors that literally – followed him on his life and we're, we're like, I am willing to, to die, die for you. you type type of people. Um, the, the 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 point in my mind where I'm, I'm just so convicted by is this idea that most of us, uh, Brendan Burchard, just in a training, he just had talked about that we have assigned friendships. In other words, we work together, we go to church together, mm-hmm. we're in the same smogger. In yeah. other words, they've, they've been basically assigned to us. Sure. And he's like, you will never achieve the life you intend for yourself by assigned, assigned friendships. friendships. Yeah. Wow! And so, you know, just you bring up about the the average of the five people, yeah, choose carefully, yeah, because some people have to be cut out, and that's an ouch mm. because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But what if the greatness of what we want and the health we want for our our spiritual batteries is on the other side of the decision? The uncomfortable decision of, of what people are going to get me there. Hmm. At least that's what I think we see from David's life. You know, and kind of just to
1: conclude today's uh, episode is, I, I, we can all find a way to relate to David. Yeah, I think more so maybe maybe guys than gals, but but all of us have have things in our life that um, you know we have our highs, we have our lows, and um, but yet in the end, God works in and through those and in spite of who we are and God chooses to use us and he doesn't want us to stay the same way as we pursue him hopefully the the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to change our lives and, and we're becoming more in the likeness of of Christ but uh, how comforting to know that no matter what we've done where we've been what's been done to us uh, God can still use us in miraculous ways and if yeah. that doesn't recharge your battery I don't know what will Awesome man, yeah. Well, I'm gonna play our uh, our outro Ooh. now. And so this is just kind of a rehash of the new intro that we've had. I don't know if you caught it, but did you kind of hear the little loop of the music in the background? I did, man. It's It's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. You guys can let us know what you think if we need to do something different. You know, we always like our feedback, but uh, it's been kind of fun. So thanks for joining us today on the State of Charge podcast. We hope that the things that we talked about today challenge you, encourage you, and uh, recharge your And next week's going to be be awesome, John. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Next week's are going to be great. I'm actually looking forward to this, this season on what we can learn from characters in the Bible. Yep. So God uses every one of us for something.